Welcome to Scanner School, session number 12. In the last couple sessions, we talked about some analog trunk protocols like LTR, EDAX, and Motorola. On today's session, we're going to review a couple of scanners that you can use to monitor those systems. Welcome to the Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Hey, welcome to Scanner School, session number 12. As a reminder, you can look at the show notes for this session at scannerschool.com slash session 12. So when I went through the introduction and I said that analog trunking scanners, um, I didn't want to give any confusion by saying that there is analog as in the protocol uh, per se, uh, all trunk systems are technically digital. It's just I meant that we weren't looking at P25, DMR, uh, NXDN, something that is a true digital uh, protocol where there is no analog talk groups on the system. Um, again, when you look at LTR and EDAX and um, Motorola, that kind of wraps up what is considered to be a trunk tracker three on the protocol. So if you have something that says that on the display, those are the three trunking systems that that scanner is capable of doing. Uh, if you need to go back and listen to pr uh, prior episodes where we talked about trunking, we talked about in session seven uh, was an introduction to trunk scanning systems. Uh, session eight was LTR. Session nine was EDAX. And session 10 was Motorola. In session 11, we talked about rebanding. So the any scanner that I recommend for any of those three systems, LTR, EDAX, or Motorola, would support rebanding here in the States. So it's really one of these weird situations here where there's only going to be one scanner that I can review. The reason for that is that GRE got out of the business. They sold all their assets to Whistler. And when that happened, Radio Shack stopped selling the GRE manufactured radios and only went with Whistler radios. Well, Whistler decided that they were only going to sell digital capable scanners. So there's, uh, well, since Radio Shack is pretty much out of business anyway, um, there's no Whistler product out there that does what we consider Trunk Tracker 3 or only supports Mo uh, Motorola LTR or EDAX. All of the Whistler product lines support at this time at least P25 Phase 1. So again, this podcast is in March of 2018. So if you're doing some time traveling with me and listening in a future date, um, you know all the information in here as far as the reviews may change, but we will have the session notes will update um, for the uh, for the the new scanners that are out there. That may be something that you know if, if uh, something new comes out from Whistler or or um, or Uniden, then uh, we'll talk about that on here. Uh, I'm sorry, we'll we'll update the show notes to show that. So uh, the other thing that uh, might be of interest to you is we started what I call a uh, you've heard of like ebooks well i kind of created an e-guide 
and I call it the five things that you need to know before you purchase your first scanner. And you can get your own copy of this at scannerschool.com slash new scanner. That's one word. Again, scannerschool.com slash new scanner. It's about a 30-page PDF document that I'll send to you. And um, it kind of goes into what I am what I would recommend for your first radio. And... Um, you know, we'll we'll update those as well for anything new that comes out. But I would I uh, I go through kind of what you guys have listened to already on session six, where I talked about the basic scanner reviews and also tie in what we're talking about today on session twelve for the um, again air quotes here analog trunking reviews. So let's talk about Unidin. Unidin has a current model, again, this is March of 2018, and it's called the BCT-15X. It's available in the U.S. It's available in the U.K., from what I can see, and it's not on the Australian Unidin website. Okay, so let's talk about why I like the BCT-15X. Uh, besides the fact that it's the only current model out there that you can buy new that does Motorola, LTR, and EDAX. Again, the digital versions of the scanners uh, that support, uh, at least P25, also support uh, Motorola, LTR, and EDAX. It's just that this radio here, the BCT-15X, doesn't do any digital and sits kind of in that, that middle spot right now where the basic radios don't support trunking and the radios beyond this one support digital trunking. So this is the only one that sits in the middle that doesn't support digital trunking, but is that bridge between an entry-level scanner and a more expensive scanner that will cost you over $300, okay? The price point on a BCT-15X is about $150 uh, American. Uh, I would think it would be about the same price European. Um, but it's it's a great scanner. It's introduced in 2009, so it's getting on to 10 years old, which will be, which leads me to believe it might be retired sometime soon, uh, which would really stink. Um, it's it's a great, great scanner for the money. And I usually tell people who are looking for a basic scanner that if they're going to spend about 100 bucks, then this is another $50 more. It depends on their budget, but you'll get a lot more for your money when you get into this radio. It supports what they call 9,000 memory locations or memory channels, which is really like every time you save something into memory, whether it be a talk group or a trunk frequency or a conventional frequency, that takes up one of those memory locations. So it's not like you can put you know, 9,000 talk groups in there or you can't put 9,000 conventional frequencies plus you know trunking systems plus talk groups. It's, it's not how that radio is laid out. Um, the predecessor on the BCT-15 had only 2,500 memory locations. So you can see the, a little bit of a difference between the BCT-15 and the BCT-15X. Now, again, given the opportunity to buy one or the other, I would recommend going for the BCT-15X. I think in the used market world, what you pay for a used BCT-15, it's worthwhile if you want to go use, look for a used BCT-15X or keep with a new BCT-15X. The BCT-15X also supports unit ID alpha tags, which is really cool. So you can actually have it say 
dispatcher or you know car number five or whatever it is that your police department uses for or fire department or that kind of stuff if they're on the trunk radio system so that is really neat that you can alpha tag the actual radio ids now keep in mind too that sometimes on some systems radio ids move around quite a bit and they're not really assigned to a particular unit especially if the radio start going bad and they just start hot swapping them so you may go through all of the the um the alpha tag and only to find out they change they don't make sense anymore so that's something to keep in mind and when you program in your alpha tags on your unit ids you program them in just into a separate group on the uh, trunk system with just an i in front of it, i believe and you just put the unit ids and, and they go in it's been a while since i've actually programmed in alpha tags on the unit ids on one of these radios the nice thing too about the bct15x that wasn't available on the bct15 is is the ability to actually map a frequency or talk group to a a go-to key so if you remember on the old um uh the old like 200 channel radios like the bc 200 xlt or the 7080 xlt or the 75 when you programmed a frequency into a memory it was always easy to jump into that memory position like if you program something into a channel 150 you just did manual 150 manual and it would take you right to that channel with the dynamic memory allocated scanners, you kind of lost that ability until you came around to the BCT15X, where they brought that back into play. So, of course, you'd have to map it, map the channel to a key uh, when you programmed it in. Okay, so something else that was also very interesting, too, about the BCT15X is the fact that it allows you to have an IF exchange on it as well. Um, basically what that does is, is there's a, an IF inside the radio as part of the block of how radios work. And it's typically something like 10.8 megahertz or something like that. And what ends up happening is your scanner actually receives less than what the IF is. And when everything comes together in, in the guts of the radio, basically the IF plus the actual received frequency of the scanner is the normal frequency you're trying to pick up. Well, it's a little more technical than we were looking at going here. But what happens if, say, you know, you have a birdie on that frequency and it just locks your scanner up all the time? I mean, I know here when I listen to some low band stuff like 4632, 4620, 4640, uh, the scanner will lock up on some birdies or, or just a dead carrier. Basically, that's that's in my area. I've kind of found out that they were power supplies, but I can't get rid of them all. So what I can do is sometimes I can do an IFX or into IF exchange on that channel. And I believe that that changes the IF down to like 10.7 or, or something like that. Anyway, it's enough that it changes what the actual, um, the scanner is actually receiving on to get to that end result frequency. And sometimes by putting in the IFX and changing what the IF frequency is will allow you to get rid of that birdie. Okay, so it's a really great um little feature to have on a scanner sometimes just even having that can uh, can save you from pulling the rest of your hair out another nice thing too that the bct 15x has that other scanners previous to it had that was missing from the bct 15 was the fact that you could force the scan to resume on a particular frequency so like on the bct 785 d you are able to program in the whole time on a, on a scanner to the, a negative channel. 
So instead of having the whole resume go after two seconds after the carry D keys, you could actually tell it that you just want to stop here for two seconds and then continue on your way. So that's interesting if uh, you could have it set for like 10 seconds, I think as a maximum on the BCT-15X. So think about if you were listening to uh, a simplex frequency, you just want to hear it when somebody comes on and, and, and is, is doing a call, but you don't want to hear all of the the extra nonsense that's, that's going on. The scanner will actually resume scan after a set time. So if your, uh, your, your fire dispatch goes out and if you're just interested in hearing right away what, what the initial call is and not really what the details are, having a forced resume would help in that kind of situation. And also speaking of fire dispatch, what's nice too about the BCT-15X is the fact that it does fire tone out search. Now the BCT-15 and the BCT-15X both support fire tone out standby, where basically your scanner can work as a glorified fire pager. I say glorified here in air, in air quotes too. Um, what ends up happening is you have to put the scanner in that dedicated mode in order to be a fire tone out standby. And what that does is it listens to the the two tones that are usually dispatched out before a fire trans uh, fire page on uh, at least here in the states a lot of a lot of uh, departments tone out with that either with like um, plectron tones and Marola tones or the you know the quick uh, quick call tones and um, the scanner would would basically mute the frequency until the tones came across but it only worked if you knew what the frequencies of those tones were well. The BCT-15X allows you to search those tones, basically sit on that frequency and wait for the tones to come over. It will decode those tones, and then you can save it into memory so you don't have to have a chart and figure out what those tones actually are. Uh, and we'll talk more about fire tone outs and all the different methods of fire paging on a future episode. I really want to get into that because that's something that um, I think beyond scanning, um, you know, as your scanner pile grows and as you start collecting more and more radios something that's really interesting to get into is to pick up a new or a used fire pager and as you know uh, one of our sponsors of the podcast is east coast pagers and um you know it it's good to have something like that that just sits quiet for a while i mean it could it could be one of these things that you just have on your nightstand and vibrates at night when a fire page goes out or just sit silent. You can go back in the morning and just replay the audio that came out from the dispatch. So um, something to have like that in your, in your, I guess, scanner pile or in your radio collection is, is, is very interesting to have. And uh, I recommend that if you're looking for a secondary radio, maybe having a fire page that just sits dedicated on your dispatch channel would be nice to have. This way you're, other scanner can go and, and do scanning. So that that's always good too. So going back to what else I like about the BCT-15X. Well, the BCT-15X uh, supports priority as well on trunk radio systems, which was introduced on this scanner as well. And then finally, for those of us who like to get as much out of our scanners as possible, we, um, we kind of use computer software to see what's going on on trunk radio systems. And again, I'm going to talk about this uh, definitely on a YouTube video that will be coming up as soon as I have a chance to do it. But we'll talk about this on future episodes as well, where you can actually see what's going on on a trunk radio system by analyzing the, the control, data, uh, control data, control channel data. And we use programs like Unitrunker or Trunk 88 
or uh, Pro96.com to do so. And again, we'll talk about each one of these on a future episode. And um, what you used to have to do is put a discriminator tap on your scanner, which which took the raw baseband audio before it got filtered, add a scanner into a sound card, and then they used to use that um, that input that that sound input to analyze the trunk radio system. So you could see what was going on on your computer screen. It was really really neat. Um, but as as uh, things have kind of changed now. The BCT15X actually gives you the raw data out the serial port. So instead of having to open up the scanner and, and solder into it and make another audio jack on it, you just plug it in the serial port and all that data comes right out of the front port on it. So if you've been messing with the scanner and you go into the menus and it says, you know, CC, um, uh, there's a menu for it. I forget it off the top of my head now, but uh, CC dump, I think, is what it is. And that's really what it's doing. It's just sending out all that control channel information to a piece of program like Unitrunk or Pro96.com or uh, Trunk88. And, um, you know, you can see exactly what's going on over the air on your on your screen. So, again, we're going to talk about more about those types of trunk analyzers on a future session of uh, the Scanner School podcast. So that was basically, you know, the only scanner now that allows you to um, – that's new out of the box, basically – uh, the other nice thing, too, about the BCT-15X is it allows for multi-site trunking. So if you remember we talked about other uh, trunking protocols, you can have uh, a simulcast area or you can have multiple trunking sites that cover specific areas and only cover specific talk groups on a larger trunk network system, right? We talked about this um, two weeks ago on um, on our uh, Motorola session, which was scannerschool.com slash session. 10 if you want to go back and take another listen to it. But uh, what you used to have to do is you'd have to program in a system and program in a site and then program in the talk groups. And then if there was another trunk site you wanted to cover, you had to make another system and a second site. And then it was talk groups all over again. And then you do the third and the fourth and whatever many systems it was that you wanted to cover. And if you were driving over a large geographical area, you would have to put in every single system that you thought that you'd have to be rece- you know, you'd have to receive. Well, the nice thing, though, about the BCT-15X now with the multi-site trunking is you put the system in once. Then you put all of the sites in underneath it that you want to cover. And, uh, I mean, there is a limit, but you put in as many as you need to cover. And then you just put the talk groups in once. And now it really cuts down on the amount of time that you spend programming it and also the efficiency of of scanning the trunk system because every time that your scanner would go to a new system, it's got to start over again, right? Lock on the control channel and, and, and then look and see what's out there. So this is kind of a way that that it improves the, uh, the scan speed as well on the trunk system. So unfortunately, let's change gears a little bit here. Let's talk about um, a handheld. So if I forgot to mention before, the BCT-15X is a desktop or a mobile uh, scanner. Real nice scanner again. It's got um, BNC connection on the on the back of it. It has serial cable on the back to support a GPS. Serial cable on the front, loudspeaker or external speaker, headphone jack, and um, the 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 only thing that's really really not so great about the scanner is the fact that it does not contain the manual. But there's a really good manual that you can find online, and it's at Mark Scanners, and we'll have a quick link to that one at. Um, scannerschool.com slash marks scanners and uh, again in the show notes so if you decide you would like to purchase 
a hard copy of the scanner. We'll also have an affiliate link for that as well in the show notes so you can pick up a hard copy manual, which is unfortunately missing uh, from the BCT-15X as well as the handheld BCT-15XT. So the BCT-15XT was the handheld version of the BCT-15X. And it basically supported um, the same software and you can pretty much move systems back and forth and clone one to the other. Now, unfortunately, um, they had to stop selling the BCT-15X and release the BC... I'm sorry, it was a BC-346XT. Now I'm getting myself confused back and forth. It's the BC-346XT was replaced by the BC-346XTC. So let's keep in mind here. There's three things that somebody told me to never speak about on radio. Sex, religion, and politics. So we're going to keep politics out of this, but I think that was what fueled the reason for the BC-346XTC. The story that I got was that California was a little upset with the fact that the scanner still wasn't green enough for them, where it still pulled um, a little bit of current when the batteries were done charging. And it wasn't to the specs that California wanted, so they couldn't really sell it in their state. And at the time, Uniden had other handheld uh, scanners out there that supported charging that uh, met the threshold, met the criteria, so they were able to keep selling those. So Uniden's solution to still being able to sell the BC346XT in California was just to pull out the charging circuit. So you can no longer charge your batteries if you bought a BC346XTC. So, again, this radio is no longer sold. They only have a P25 handheld now, which if you're interested in it, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. But um, if you look at the used market and you're looking for something that... Um, you know, that, that is comparable to the BCT15X, I would suggest looking for a BC346XT, not the XTC, or else you won't be able to charge the batteries in the unit. All right, so let's get off the Uniden um, party here, and, and we'll talk about Whistler and GRE, who both make radios or made radios for Radio Shack. So back in the day, when GRE was the main manufacturer for the Radio Shack line, you had the GRE PSR 400 and the Radio Shack Pro 163. Now, this was a good radio. I really love the speaker on it. Was not a fan of the screen itself, though. Now, the other issue I have with this radio is that it's not a DMA radio, a dynamic memory allocated radio in the Uniden world. Um, and then the, the Whistler GRE version of DMA is called object-oriented scanning. So this was a 1,000-channel scanner. It was hard-coded in there where you had 10 banks of 100 channels per bank. All right, so you can only get one trunk system in each bank, and um, it really limited the um, the number of, uh, of programming that you could do with, that, with the scanner. So it did have its limitations based on just the way the memory allocation would work. Um, the Pro 164 is the, uh, the handheld version of the Pro 163. 
the PSR uh, 400 is the handheld. I'm sorry, the PSR 300 is the handheld version of the PSR 400. So basically, they are clones. They're the exact same thing. Um, the GRE and the Pro lines were pretty much the same, with just different branding on them. And um, you know, the the handheld versions were were big. They were the old, you know, common layout of the uh, the old Radio Shack. It's like they were just the same size. They never changed size. They never really changed changed form factor. So it was definitely dated looking, and um, you, know, you knew you had one on you if you were walking around with a with a handheld version of the uh, the Pro 164 or the or the uh, PSR 300. So then when Whistler came in, uh, I'm sorry, there was uh, well, well before we go into Whistler, uh, what happened was that GRE made an upgraded version of the PSR 300 and PSR 400 called the PSR 310 and 410. There was never a Radio Shack version of this scanner made. Uh, but what was nice about it was that it was basically a PSR 300 and a PSR 400 that upgraded itself into the object-oriented scanning. And basically what that allowed you to do was create giant um, scan lists on on the, uh, the scanner. And then you would just assign that channel to a bank or to particular banks. So if you had, say, your local fire department and you wanted a hot list of like your local stuff plus the county stuff plus maybe, I don't know, some, some ambulance stuff, you could just put the frequency in once and you would just tag it in three different banks. So it was a real efficient way of programming. And the same would hold true too with uh, trunk systems was you would put all the trunk systems in once and then you would just assign the talk groups to the particular trunk group, I mean, the trunk system. So... Um, it also had a lot more memory, and I think it had uh, 20 banks to work with instead of just the 10. But again, it only had the 20 banks, whereas Uniden allowed you to have what they call 99 uh, system keys or group keys. Okay. All right. And now, and then we get into the world of Whistler. And Whistler did not continue with the analog-only trunk systems. They went right into whatever it was that had P25. So at that point, you're looking at, um, you know, my recommendation if you wanted to go with um, something that's familiar to you, if you're a Radio Shack fan or a GRE fan, take a look at the PSR 310 or 410 if you can find them. That was the last uh, pair of scanners really that, um, that uh, GRE made. They are pretty much clones of the Radio Shack Pro 106, the Pro 197. And um, they look pretty much identical to, to the current scanners that are offered by Whistler, except they were only for LTR, Motorola, and EDAX. So there's other scanners out there that have been around um, that will support rebanding that um, something like the BC-898T comes to mind. Uh, so you have the BCT8, um, the BCD, what is it, the um, 796, or so it was the BC796D. You have um, uh, a couple of digital versions like the 996. They're all good scanners, but right now, you know, we're I, I'm looking for something that, that I would recommend would definitely be something that's 
DMA or object-oriented because it gives you a lot more flexibility when it comes to the programming. Not to say the other scanners are bad scanners. They all kind of have their place in time. Um, I still have my BC's, you know, 785D up and running. I, I like to use that one, um, uh, you know, to listen to the Coast Guard if I can or um, I even use my old Pro 2096 for that. Uh, except the screen on that on that scanner kind of went uh, went twice on me, so I've kind of like just thrown that one in a pile. Um, you know, it's just I really want to talk about what's what's out there now, which was only the BCT 15 XT, and also um, just one tier back of what would have been current. So there are other scanners out there that would probably work. It's just I I could talk about scanners all day long if we went down that path. But again, if you're looking for um, more information on the BCT-15X, and if you'd like to purchase one and you'd like to help out Scanner School, we will have an affiliate link for BCT-15Xs on our website at scannerschool.com session12, where you can go to our website and you can purchase a BCT-15X and also help out uh, the Scanner School podcast at no additional cost to you. Um also, what we have, again, is we have our new e-guide, which is at scannerschool.com slash new scanner. So as usual, this session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. East Coast Pagers is a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer serving the U.S. market. From one-way numeric and alphanumeric pagers to two-way pagers such as the Unication G1, G4, G5, the Apollo pagers, and the Swiss phone S-Quad voice, we have you and your department covered. So as a special um, offer to all Scanner School listeners, if you go to eastcoastpagers.com slash Scanner School and put a Unication G1, G4, G5, or S-Quad voice, Swiss phone S-Quad voice, into your shopping cart, you will have a little special gift in there from East Coast Pagers. So again, eastcoastpagers.com slash scanner school. So I want to thank you for joining us on session 12 of Scanner School. We reviewed pretty much one scanner, the BCT-15X. And again, if you are um, interested in supporting Scanner School and are in the market for a BCT-15X, we will have an affiliate link on the session notes for the um, for this podcast, scannerschool.com slash session 12. If you happen to use that link to purchase a BCT-15X, Scanner School will make a small uh, affiliate fee at no additional cost to you for um, if you use that link to purchase the BCT-15X. Also, don't forget, we have our new uh, e-guide, which is the five things that you need to know before purchasing your first scanner. And uh, that's available at scannerschool.com slash new scanner. Again, scannerschool.com slash new scanner. And again, we'll be building up on this guide and we'll be creating another guide for people who already have a scanner but are looking for something new. And uh, we'll be making another guide for that as well coming up in the future. So again, I would like to remind everybody who uses iTunes to please go on and rate and review the Scanner School podcast. You can do so by going to scannerschool.com slash iTunes. Please leave us a honest rating and review on the show 
And also uh, join us on Facebook. We have a great Facebook community. It's, it's getting very active. And um, please join us at scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. Now, I do have some podcast episodes coming up that I can run next week, but I'm kind of curious as to what you would like to um, to hear for next week's episode. So if um, if you get this, uh, if you listen to this soon enough, let me know what um, what's on your mind, and maybe I can answer a couple of questions for you. And if not, we'll move forward with um, with the agenda that I have written down here. But um, go in the uh, Facebook group. Uh, scannerschool.com slash Facebook group and let me know what you'd like to hear for next week. All right, I'll turn the show over to you guys for next week. Again, thank you so much for being there. Thanks for your um, your help and your support. And uh, like always, we will uh, see you next Tuesday on another episode of Scanner School where we teach you everything that you need to know for the Scanner Radio Hobby. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.